Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Astrid Carter, Rebecca Hull, and Sherlock's contributor, Lisa Potter-Dixon. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi. So nice to have you, Lisa. Thank you. How is everyone? Good, thank Good. you. Good. What did everybody get up to this weekend? What did you watch? What did you listen to? Uh, I had quite a chilled weekend. Friday, I just went for a couple of drinks after work. But I watched about three or four things. Have you heard about Three Identical Strangers? Yes. No. no. Briefly, it's about three identical twins. So triplets, sorry. Three identical twins. <laughs> triplets. <laughs> triplets who didn't know each other existed until one of them went to college and they were calling him by another name. And he was like, I'm not Eddie. And then Eddie's best friend came up and said, oh my God, you've got a twin. And then it was in the newspaper. And then this triplet was like, these two look like me and then they all got together and then it was really weird and then it goes quite dark because of the reasoning behind why they were separated. Like sister, sister, but way sadder. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a parent trap, but worse. (laughs) Two great examples. Yeah. (laughs) Because without giving too much away, it was kind of a social experiment, wasn't it? The reason they were divided. Yeah. It's really crazy and obviously all true. So Mm. it's like a documentary. And what's it on? Yeah. So it is available on iTunes now, but hopefully going to Netflix. Yes. I'm sure it will. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Okay, Silent Witness. Who's seen it? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, I love it. Bex, as you watch it too, <laughs> let's just see if you agree with me on this. Right, so these guys are, what are their jobs? Forensic scientists? Pathologists. Pathologist. Yeah. Okay. But they solve every case. Like, they're like <laughs> detectives. Yeah. They're on the crime scene. They're like running to the scene, knocking down the doors. But in fact, they should just be collecting the yeah. evidence. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> butt out, guys. Butt out. I mean, they're literally doing about four jobs in one. Aren't they? They're remarkable people. I, I mean. So, I just love any kind of crime. Me too. Thing. Obsessed. Yeah. yeah. So is it like, you know, when you watch like Law and Order, each episode is a different case to be sold? Two it? episodes. Okay. Oh, Monday. Mm-hmm. So you first part's Monday and then the second part's Tuesday. Yeah, even better. Yeah. So you don't have to wait a week because yeah. that is the worst thing. Yeah. Interesting. So if Lufa scares you... Which even, a lot of people have yeah, said. Yeah, then it does. I would say it's like it's a, a good, tame. Yeah, it's a good Lisa. medium, I would okay. say. It's a bit scary, but it's not, you're not going to literally never want to get on a bus again. And how many seasons are <laughs> About 550 seasons. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been running for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I just mean there's like 16 seasons or it's something. It's obscene. Yeah. But it's worth a watch. Okay. Well worth it. Good to know. Astrid. I've been watching Wild Wild Country. I know it's not new, but it's on Netflix. Has anyone watched it? I've heard of this. I've yeah. started to, but it's then turned it off after one. But so. Episode one is this cult that started up in India by a guy called Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh in the 60s. So in episode one, his secretary called Sheila, who becomes like such a character. Absolutely that shit mental. She (laughs) is given the task to go and find kind of a new area so that they can expand this cult commune, whatever they want to call it. And anyway, she finds this place in Oregon. This really kind of small mid-America town. Is it called Antelope? Yeah, Antelope. And it's got like something like a thousand, less yeah, than a no, thousand. Yeah, no, 40. So you know, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, you know those it. signs like... <laughs> Definitely well, less than a thousand. Do you know those signs in like American horror movies like 
Welcome yeah. to Antelope, yeah. population 40. Yeah. Like literally 40 people Ooh, lived there. And they were all, it was like a retirement kind of town. So they're all old, very Republican, quite Christian focused, that kind of thing. So you can imagine the shit went down. Anyway, by episode two, it changes from you kind of thinking, I can see why these people want to go and join a cult. It's the 60s, blah, blah, blah. And it's literally mind-blowing. Really? I, I kind of don't want to give it away, but they... All have sex with each other. They all have sex with each other. <laughs> They're very into like free love and sexual therapy and all these kind of mad things that even had seen mad now, but back then would have been even stranger. And is it like wow. a negative thing? Is it that there were loads of awful things happening well, within the cult? Back then, to the people joining it, they saw nothing wrong with it. I'm only on episode three. Yeah, it becomes a negative thing. Yeah, I think there was a lot of corruption. This guy was very, very wealthy, and it's kind of like a Scientology vibe, yeah. where mm-hmm. in terms of he was super, super wealthy, but his people, inverted brackets, were not allowed to have anything yeah they all had to wear the same color yeah they all have to wear this kind of like rusty orange color yeah it's not even that nice but then he like drives in like every now and again in his rolls royce he had like 20 rolls royce yeah like private jets but then he looks like a kind of if you were gonna just draw a picture of a cult leader he's got like the long Long beard the long kind of like robe thing so is that weird juxtaposition? It's so worth a watch. Episode one, at least, I'm totally with you. Yeah, it was hard. I was like, this doesn't seem that bad. I want, like, crazy shit. But no, episode two. But it gets there. It gets so there, yeah. Wow. But this character, Sheila, is just, I mean, she is... she, is... In, it, in the first three episodes, do you see her now? Yeah, she's quite old now. Oh, and so she... they interview her. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, but they have so much footage from the actual time. But yeah, they find her and she's, it's quite funny that she lives like on the edge of a forest or something in Switzerland now. Like she basically yeah. seems like she's in hiding. And how many episodes are there? There's six episodes. Okay, six. six. Yeah. Oh, easy watch. Great. Becky? So this weekend, I went to see Dolly Alderton on tour. She was oh, in the home. Wow. Yeah. My friend went last week. It was yeah. really good. I don't really know what I was expecting. I kind of just went into it because I've read the book. I know everything. I just wanted to go and it was really fun. It was just a nice, fun thing to do in an afternoon. And what does she actually talk about? I mean, it's mainly about her book and her life experiences and things that have shaped her as a person but one of her best friends is in conversation with her so it just felt really fun and there was nothing serious about it it made you feel really inspired quite light-hearted it was a really nice thing to do on a Sunday it was really nice my friend went last week and she did it at the Palladium in London and she was she was like everyone here is a millennial girl like <laughs> really it was filled with all these girls that looked exactly the same uh, as each other there was like six men that I was quite really? surprised to see any men but yeah there was guys and I don't know it just made you feel quite inspired actually which I think I wasn't really expecting but I left being like I'm gonna write a book I'm gonna do this so yeah it was brilliant she is really inspiring because she's really normal yeah. very she's normal very relatable. Yeah. yeah and she had something everyone could relate to in the audience so because it was yeah. a big audience right big yeah. audience was yeah. there a screen or anything so you could it was literally just her in conversation it's with amazing. her friend and it had sold out completely I think there was two spare seats wow, wow. do you know so, you still get tickets elsewhere in the country because she is on tour isn't I she I think so? you can I, it's worth looking into mm. I know she's completely sold out for the Hove ones which is where I was but I'm sure you might be able to in London so it's worth looking at so speaking of unusual life performances I went to the Hampstead Theatre last night to see Ian McKellen in his one man (gasps) extravaganza around the country he's basically doing he turns 80 this year Yeah. so he's doing 80 
tour dates around the UK in local theatres I suppose and it's all a fundraising exercise so it's just like a night with Ian McKellen but I didn't know what that meant at all this is only the sixth date on this 80 date tour and didn't know what to expect at all and like the man is a rock star he is just (laughs) so cool first of all he's very nimble and limber and just like he could be 45 the way he moves and speaks and he's amazing second of all I think it was probably way more heavily scripted than it seemed it seemed very casual and chilled and and banterous and it was a lot like the house lights were on for a lot of it and he was really kind of communicating engaging with the audience the first half was all about poetry Mm -hmm. and he recited a lot of his favorite poetry but also told a lot of his life story and what it was like kind of his contemporaries at like Cambridge and then when he first entered the RSC where you know like Maggie Smith and Judy Dench he's got all the incredible stories about all these legendary people and then the second half was all Shakespeare themed and he basically had a big box of props on the stage with him one of the props being a like the complete works of Shakespeare so he made the audience like shout out their favourite plays and then he would do mo- you know soliloquies and monocoque wow. from, from all these plays and it was just incredible like I can say now I've seen him in Hamlet and in Macbeth <laughs> yeah. and all these things and like what an absolute legend to be able to see perform those things and yeah. he's just you know a life there force. Are tickets left? I don't know if there are tickets left around the country, but there are still like 70 something dates. So, yeah. it, again, like Becky said, it's, it's worth looking up because. I feel really honoured now that I can say I've seen, you know, one of the greats perform in that way. Let's talk about decluttering your makeup bag now. The sorting and cleaning revolution is well underway, thanks to Marie Kondo. But it's not just your home that needs a good clear out. It could be your makeup bag too. Lisa, Becky, I think we're in the right hands to talk about how to clear out your makeup bag. So what are your tips for decluttering when it all just gets a bit much? I'm the worst person you could possibly ask. <laughs> you just bored and said, I have like 48 makeup bags and stuff. I've got a beauty room that has like 5,000 5, makeup products in it. So you're a serious makeup person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, probably for those of, as you both probably are. But for those of us who maybe have a more normal amount mm. of products, where do you start? Well, it's so cliche, but Muji. I think Muji clear boxes are the best things you could get for organising stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally like a little tray for your lips, a little yeah. tray for like everything you could possibly need but also B&Q I went and got these just plastic drawers for like 10 quid mm-hmm. and they're perfect as well I think anything plastic where you can see it because then you just know where to find it yeah. straight away that's probably my biggest tip something that's see-through and the same for a makeup bag actually yeah like, same for a makeup bag yeah, actually a lot of women don't just have one makeup bag they'll have one that they'll take to work they'll have yeah. one that's in their handbag all the time I mean I know a lot of my friends have minis that they put in their makeup bag and then the full sizes at home so having a clear makeup bag as well will be able to help you distinguish between those yeah. ones. That's a really good idea. Although that is kind of a bit boring when there's so many amazing makeup yeah, bags. That's so like, yeah. true. But I've never thought about that. It would make yeah. my life a lot easier. Yeah. You actually yeah. see what's in it. But I would also say throwing things away regularly, like mascaras. Three months, bin it. Yeah. Three months. I'm Three so bad. Months. <laughs> I need new mascara. <laughs> <laughs> right, right on when you yeah. get it, put a little sticker or with a Sharpie pen, write the date that you open it on it. Clever. I know that sounds like a really silly thing to do, but particularly with mascara. Yeah. They're so bad. Yeah, if you keep it too long. Why? Or, like, what happens? They just dry out or they can breed infection? Oh, like, yeah. All of that. All of Don't they grow little bugs? <gasps> I mean, pretty sure it can get a little bit gross. Because <laughs> the amount of time you open it, the oxygen that's going inside yeah. it, yeah. it on your yeah. eyes, as we know, and this is gross, but our eyelashes do have tiny little miniature bugs all over them at all times. That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, they do. Can you not feel them right now? (laughs) 
and also what happens with a lot of mascaras is you don't do them up tight enough yeah, so yeah. three months bin it yeah Fascinating. Okay, what else? We've actually got a list in this feature. Oh my god, this is petrifying. You've got it. Oh my god. So this is a list of the shelf life of every product you could possibly have. So (laughs) I love perfumes and deodorants. Who would have a deodorant for two years? Because what if you had, you know, like a stock supply? Why? No, because you just like, I don't know, you just have a spare one somewhere and you find, you oh, really, okay, you're like, yeah. shit, I've I run yeah. out of my deodorant, let me find an old one. <laughs> like a hoarder. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love old deodorant. <laughs> but um, to say though, the one I find a bit weird is nail polish one year. I've got ones that are older than a year. I mean, my, if you keep in the fridge, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a little yeah. bit. So do you keep your nail polishes in the fridge? Yeah. yeah. I've got more makeup in the fridge than I've got food. <laughs> <laughs> What else is on this list? Your base, six to 12 months. I feel like that's quite doable because it runs run out. out. Yeah. yeah, it runs out. There's eyeshadows on here. It's there, base, one to two years. Okay, I don't know what you think about this. With powder eyeshadows, I would personally say, like, come on, you can keep them a bit longer. Yeah, oh, I've got it's some baked. Like, yeah. Yeah. Me too. yeah, I think my mum's got one from like 1985. <laughs> but like, you know, I do think that anything powder based is a little bit safer when you get told off this, but liquid base. You need yeah. to have a look. And when you've opened it too, right? Because if you think about it, when you've got a bottle of foundation or something, there's no air getting into yeah. it. So yeah. I would say it's from when you open it. Yeah, that's when you need to mark the day. Yeah. SPF should be on here, actually. Yeah. An expert said, yeah, a year, sometimes two, but like a year max. And actually, that really makes a difference. That's I think yeah. a lot of people are applying SPF that's out of date. And then you're like, why am I burning? I'm interested that hair care, like shampoo and conditioners, is three to five years. Why is that then? I don't know. Is it to do with the packaging, maybe? I was going to say, I guess some are in aerosol cans. Maybe that makes a difference. Mm. I'm not sure. It's probably the different ingredients as well, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And also, I think with makeup now as well, there's a lot of natural ingredients in yeah. things. That's so yeah. true. Yeah. So maybe that's why. It could be a good thing as opposed to a bad thing yeah. Yeah. about the makeup. Yeah. Okay, going back to decluttering, I just want to ask, we talk in fashion a lot about a capsule wardrobe and, you know, scaling things down. Is there ever an argument for that with your beauty? I would say there is, but do you know what? Whereas fashion can be quite expensive, makeup is one of those things that is such a nice treat and doesn't have to be expensive. So if you want to buy yourself a lipstick every single week, buy it. (laughs) It's fine because, you know, that might cost you a tenner rather than a new pair of shoes, Mm. you know. But yeah. there's definitely stuff that you probably would have as a core. Mm. Like your foundations and stuff, things you're not going to spend 40 quid on all the time. But I think lipsticks, balms, anything that's just a bit of an uplift. Yeah, it is a bit different, isn't it? I think what's really great as well now, particularly with a lot of the mass brands having some amazing colour products, mm. is if you see a trend in a magazine or on Sheerlux, and you want to try it, then you can go and buy a product for a couple of quid and actually try it. Mm. So don't be afraid to do that. But like you said, Bex, your foundation, probably your mascara you know yeah. brow products things that you know you really love mm. but I think yeah literally what Lisa just said if you want to try blue eyeliner you can go and try blue eyeliner and it's I encourage so it accessible. <laughs> yeah. it's so accessible that is so true one last question on keeping your products clean Asha do you regularly clean your products? I clean my brushes, brushes how often probably. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> like yeah well, I like, have cleaned my brushes I mean, yeah. my if I'm being fully honest I probably do it like every month I think that's quite a lot I know to a makeup artist that's really bad Lisa's rolling her eyes why how no. often should you well it's the same thing with the mascara if you think about it how often you're putting in your face also your skin changes so much so yeah. let's say you have a spot one day or yeah. your skin is more oily another day because of it if you then keep using your brushes you're going to be feeding that dilemma yeah. so I personally and I know it's almost impossible but I would say every Sunday just spend 
10 minutes cleaning your brushes and then just leave them because who wears makeup on a Sunday if you do it's really minimal usually mm-hmm. so then you just leave them overnight to dry on a towel so they're ready for your week yeah. ahead it's like I water my plants on a Sunday yeah. it's like the yeah, same yeah, thing yeah, as yeah, like clean your makeup brush. so I would say if you can do that but once a month is better than a lot of people yeah, so. yeah. yeah. And that's me being totally honest I was going to lie and say like every couple of weeks um, <laughs> every couple of weeks but do you does know, sound like every month as well you could yeah. do you know what I have started doing so the other day I had this like massive eyeshadow palette in my bag and it cracked and it went everywhere and my makeup bag was a little bit open so all my brushes got covered in brown eyeshadow so now I keep all my brushes eyeshadow brushes face brushes in a separate little pouch now I like that and again Muji is amazing for that back to cleaning your products what do you recommend to clean your brushes with well this is lazy I'm not sure if I'm going to get a little look (laughs) I actually use makeup wipes but there are some really good specific ones (laughs) 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 but but not they're not actual makeup wipes they're artist cleansing wipes and they're specifically for your brushes still wipes still wipes (laughs) (laughs) do you know what you should use if it's just your personal makeup brushes is your own shampoo or that's conditioner. what I yeah. yeah because you know you're not allergic to it you're using it on your face because that's the main yeah. thing if you suddenly start to use something that's quite heavily alcohol based to clean your brushes I'm not saying the wipes are but if you use a spray or something if you do wash them once a week then actually that can affect your skin because mm. you put it on your face mm. yeah. Yeah. if you're using your own shampoo and conditioner then fine yeah. your body's used to it anyway yeah. it's safe yeah. Yeah. how wise Let's talk about spots now. Lisa, in your most recent of your fortnightly beauty column for Shillux, you wrote about everything you need to know about spots from squeezing to reducing them to the products to use on them. So... First and foremost, squeezing, yes or no? Well, it really does depend. Like I was saying in the column is that if it's got the head on it, it's always really gross to talk about it, isn't it? But if it has, then actually sometimes it's actually better to squeeze it for its recovery. (laughs) But if it's like under the skin, then 100% you should leave it because it's just going to make it worse. And that's Mm. why you scar. And also if you're squeezing it, do it in the shower when your skin's warm and your Mm. pores are more open so that it's causing you less pain, but also it's softer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the only time when you should squeeze them. Okay, good to know. Astrid, when you've got a spot, what products do you use? I use the Mario Badescu, is that how you say it? Yes. His drying lotion. Is it like an emollient or something? It basically like draws stuff out, but put that Mm. on overnight. It's basically the adult version of putting toothpaste on your face. Well, I was really intrigued. Well, you mentioned adult version. Lisa, you've said in your piece that you do put toothpaste on your face. I thought that was like an old wives tale. I mean, who knows? It seems to work. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, I have so many different potions and lotions Mm. that I do use loads of different stuff. And actually, when I say I do that, I do, but I make Theo do that, my husband, so that he stops using all my expensive (laughs) (laughs) No, But it really does work as well. Becky, favourite products for a spot? So I actually, I think I said on the show the other day actually I love the salicylic acid from the ordinary because it just literally does dry it out but I also like to use pseudocrem yeah yeah. pseudocrem dabbed onto spots and it actually really takes down redness like quite impressively I mean you look like a freak you literally just (laughs) put white blobs on your face and you're sat there like (laughs) but it really has worked for me a bit like toothpaste probably it might not work for everybody but it's worked well it's for nappy rush right yeah so so it still takes down inflammation yeah I guess that makes sense and if you've got sensitive skin which I have yeah, like skin like a baby's <laughs> So when you've got one of those, you know, like those massive spots that refuses to shift, you know, I'm not talking about like a surface one, like a period one, I mean like proper, it's yeah. there to stay. What can you do to reduce it? It can be painful as well, can't it? So other than just putting products on it, is there anything you can do? 
I would say that honestly putting less on it is best, mm. which is really, really hard to do, I know. The other thing, if it's really painful, then I tend to put like a bit of ice on it, but in a uh, flannel and then put a bit of ice on, just to try and take down any of the swelling. It is one of those things that you should probably be putting on some sort of acne spot treatment, like any of the ones that we've mentioned already, because that is going to help to take down the inflammation, I'd say. Inflammation. <laughs> the inflammation. <laughs> inflammation. But yeah, just try and avoid putting makeup on it the best that you can. I, I was going to ask, tips for covering it up? I learned once, I'm probably like the worst person to ask, I think it was at a NARS, they were launching a new concealer, and they said to always buy two shades of concealer, mm-hmm. have a slightly darker one on the spot and then put the slightly lighter one just above it and then blend because it will draw the eye to just above the spot. Does that sound oh, right? Well, maybe, but or you could put like... Maybe they were just trying to get us to buy two. <laughs> 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 Sounds a bit like maybe. No, but I would say maybe um, a yellow colour corrector if it's really, really red. So something that's yellow based over the top of it and then your concealer over the top because the yellow will knock back redness. Well, I'm quite honest about the fact that I did used to have really bad acne and nothing helped Your it. skin is I can't so amazing But now. it's honestly just because I'm on the pill, which is the most depressing thing to say because there should have been something that worked, but there wasn't. And other than like instant spot treatments, which dried it up, but if I put any makeup on it, it would just make it so much worse the next day. So like you, Lisa, I just used to use as little as possible, even though it was the most humiliating thing when you would go out with it yeah. sometimes. But I think it's the only way. And if men can do it. it, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We can do it. And I think it's just a case of finding little tweaks, like, you know, using a moisturiser that adds something, or just something and not caking your makeup on. So better to... Yeah, because it just blocks it, and then it's... Yeah, it's a vicious circle. Your skin, honestly, yeah, is, is glowing. So it really upsets me because we've had the same problem, but your results are much better. Than <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't my skin look like that? No, I don't. It's just worked really well for it me, is, but yeah. I am petrified to come off. Or don't. Yeah, I'll be, on it. I'll be on it the rest <laughs> of my <laughs> life. <laughs> well, for more tips and links to all the products we mentioned, do check out Lisa's piece, The Beauty Insider. Now, so I think one of my favourite pieces that has ever. Run on Sherlock's run last week. It was a guide to millennial etiquette. It says, with digital communication becoming our main way of chatting, being a millennial these days is becoming an etiquette minefield. So with this in mind, we spoke to etiquette coach Paul Russell to find out the correct way to tackle quite a wide variety of issues from whether you should be debating political issues with family and friends to whether you should reveal to dinner party hosts that you have IBS. Astrid, any questions answered for you in there? Well, just on the last point you made, I don't think you need to tell people that you have IBS. Maybe just say, I can't eat X, Y, Z. Yeah, just say you're allergic. Yeah. Maybe like, well, this is what happens. (laughs) You don't need a whole like medical report. I agree. (laughs) I thought the one about posting a picture on Instagram from someone else and it hates it. I mean, that happens all the time. Maybe not so much now, but you know, uni days when like one of your mates looks absolutely (laughs) banging and you look like a little gremlin in the corner. And you'd be like, untag, untag immediately. (laughs) But it's like, if they really love the picture, just crop yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the most controversial ones is about the bridesmaid and the (gasps) hen party. Me too. Look, I wrote, don't agree. (laughs) (laughs) So the question was, if you're a bridesmaid but the hen party is too expensive, what should you do? And the advice from Yeska Expert was that you need to tell the bride on a Mm. one-to-one basis. Basis. No. Oh no. no. No way. No. No. The bride should be kind of sheltered from 
any of the bags. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I plan my own ones because I stay out to get rid of all these worries. But no, I think that you're completely right. And actually, what I would say too is that when people have a hen party abroad, they tend to have one in the UK as well. Yeah. So mm. speaking to the person that's planning it rather than the bride. God, you're opening a right can of worms with that. Yeah. Then you'll just be that person as well. Yeah, exactly. Everyone will be like, oh, Becky complained already. And yeah. it's literally <laughs> like the outside from the off. But it is out of control now a lot of the yes. time as well, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah. People end up going to like Vegas for their hen party, which is like two grand each, mm. which is amazing if you can afford that. But that is an insane yeah. amount of yeah. money. Yeah. You know, the average cost of going to a wedding anyway is about 500 quid. If you think about your travel, yeah, your accommodation, your present, yeah. your outfit. But it really is amazing and expensive. And trust me, because I've been to nearly 40 weddings. Have you? I know. Wow. Me and Theo, in a year and a half, went to 26 <gasps> weddings. Stop it. You're too popular. You 20 Carl, some no, friends there. Well, we've got 12 <laughs> brothers and sisters between us, so that's a lot already, oh, yeah. Gosh. And then quite a few friends. But the good thing about that is that I'm not, I'll do your makeup. That's <laughs> <laughs> a gift. present. Yeah. <laughs> and then usually they put you in a hotel the night before. So my mother would crack a door and do people's makeup. Theo's have the lion with a bacon oh sandwich in a free hotel. <laughs> and I hate doing wedding makeup, but I'll do it for that reason. <laughs> and freebie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is crazy. The oh, that's mad. Yeah, yeah. everything is crazy. Party. I've asked my friends to keep mine so scaled back, like not to stay at night anywhere because like it's just lost the plot. Like that's not the point of it. It's no. not to go away for like a fortnight with your friends to yeah. the moon or whatever. Um, <laughs> to the moon. Literally, people chill. What else? A friend of a friend follows you on Instagram. Do you have to follow back, Becky? No, I don't think so. No, I think no. suss them out. See how, how you feel. Sorry, but if you know them. If you've met them. Oh, there's again. not many people that I wouldn't follow if I no. knew them. Let's say you were at like a friend's wedding or an engagement party or something and the person next to you follows you on Instagram, but you just weren't there interested in their life. Would you follow them back? No, I think I'd pretend that I hadn't seen it. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd pretend yeah. not to see yeah, it. Yeah, I think later. I would as yeah. well. Because they're not going to like think about it. No. What, like... I mean, they might, but... <laughs> I, think, I think people think about those things. Don't you think yeah. it's worse on Facebook, though? Because then you have to literally confirm them yeah. as a friend? Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, but at least it's reciprocal. It Although seems... I suppose you know what I mean? Because then the friend request is just like sitting, sitting there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Uncomfortably. yeah, that is worse. We had that with someone at work who's like quite high up at work. That is one of those people that is just, you just wouldn't want to be friends. And they literally five, six times <laughs> added oh, everything. Cringe. on Facebook oh, and you're no. just like okay I can't do this anymore oh, that's when God. it's hard yeah. Yeah. yeah you can just make your settings like you know and they can see nothing on <laughs> <Yeah>. your profile <laughs> so how quickly do you need to reply to text? That was the other one. A polite time frame in which to reply to a text message. 24 hours, it says. I don't think that's true in the millennial world. 24 seconds. Literally. <laughs> like, come on. Otherwise, it's... Yeah, 24 hours is slow, right? Yeah, I would yeah. say that's very slow. And the worst is on WhatsApp when you can see they've the read it. The blue tick. Oh, for God's sake. Killer. Yeah, respond as soon as possible. I wrote lol next to this one. What's the maximum amount of time you can get away with taking pictures of your lunch? <laughs> Zero, zero <laughs> amount of time. Why do you need to take a picture for lunch? Well, I think the most outrageous one is at a bottomless brunch. Yes, What's I... the correct amount? Ma- <gasps> I mean, two glasses. It kind of defeats the option. Right. <laughs> what? I've done that before I've got to the brunch. <laughs> I wrote, what? <laughs> yeah. At a bottomless brunch, what's the correct amount of Prosecco to drink? And the answer was two glasses should be your maximum. To be fair, this guy is like an etiquette expert. Yeah, I think okay. he's like yeah. a Brett style. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Yeah. He does not have kind ten glasses at a bottomless no, brunch. He, he not. has not been to bottomless brunch <laughs> with me. <laughs> the other one that I liked was... If if you're out with a friend, is it that bad if you look at your phone occasionally? I feel like that was quite divisive. People will feel quite strongly either way about that. I don't tend to look at my phone when I'm out, to be honest. But if my best friend got her phone out, I wouldn't be like, oh, what are you doing? Mm. 
I wouldn't really bother me. I think I'm quite guilty of looking at mine, but then I get annoyed if the person I'm with looks at theirs. I usually really say, oh, I'm really sorry, can I just check this message or something? Yeah. And then, then put it away. But if you're just sat there for the whole of lunch or whatever yeah, it yeah. is, then that's yeah. rude. Do you know the funniest thing is when you're on Instagram and you're not out and someone's Insta-storying and they're out and the people sat with them are all on their phones? Yeah. And I just yeah. think, oh, well, that's quite sad. Yeah, yeah they're that, making it look like is... they're having the best time yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. All on their phones. So we actually had this in our family WhatsApp group this weekend because my mum sent me a screenshot of something she wanted me to buy. So it was like, can you buy these for me? And my brother replied being like, mum, just so you know, in 2019, it's really rude to ask somebody to buy something but not provide the link for it. But like, my parents did not understand. And they were like, why? They didn't understand what my mum had done wrong. My, I was like, no, I get it. I get it. She's right. Now I have to go and like search for the bloody product. Oh, like, God. It's annoying. <laughs> okay, so if you want more advice on correct etiquette in a millennial world, then do check out the piece on the site. Becky, you wrote a piece last week called Meet Your New Sleep Remedy that costs just £1.99 and it was all about teas that supposedly help you nod off. Yeah. So I want to know what everybody here uses to try and get a bit of shut eye. Lisa, good sleeper? Not a good sleeper, no. I'm really not. I'm always so busy that I'm always thinking about the next day. So I have to have an eye mask. Then I have to listen to meditation music. <laughs> Last night I got up like three times to restart it. <laughs> this is a guy called Jason Stevenson okay. on YouTube and it's like a sleep meditation thing. So I do that. I have to do a bit of yoga before I go to sleep and it has to be completely dark. I have a salt lamp that takes out all the electric out of the room. It's intense, isn't it? <laughs> and then I use the This Works pillow spray. As well, do you find all these things help? Like absolutely not. I mean, (laughs) no. Sometimes they do. If I stop doing them, then yes. But I just think for me that my mind is so always thinking. God, you have a lot of energy for somebody who doesn't sleep. (laughs) It's really impressive. You look so fresh. Yeah, you do look. It's the makeup. (laughs) Astrid, I feel bad now, but I'm I'm pretty good at sleeping. But I'm so good at sleeping that when I haven't slept. I'm a gremlin. And I actually worry about if I were to have children one day, like how I'm going to cope because I'm a solid eight hours girl. Mm. Solid. <laughs> Do you go to sleep really quickly? Pretty much, yeah. Like 10 minutes. I'm, oh I'm my God, that I know, is I'm amazing. I'm so, so lucky. It's only if I'm really worried about something or something's really like playing over my head that I can't get to sleep. Yeah, I've got like, you know, the Peloton bike? Oh, yeah. The spin oh, yeah. bike? Yeah, so I've got one of them. I mean, I love it. But there's been times at like two in the morning where I've done like a spin class oh, to try God. and get to sleep. Oh, Theo, poor Theo. I've got earphones. He's like, he's sound asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's in the same room. Oh, yeah. So I was like, is he in the same I was like, he's my husband. Yeah, he's sleeping in the same room. <laughs> like the queen. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's next to my bed, the Peloton bike. Oh, my God. So you're literally cycling away. Yeah, I would love him. to see that. You yeah. Like, <laughs> cycling away and him like nodding off. He's sound asleep get back into bed sweaty (laughs) (laughs) he's a lucky guy Um, how funny Becky I'm a bit like you Astrid I sleep so well to the point my boyfriend finds it infuriating actually because I will literally just go straight away but I do like I don't know if anyone else has had it before but Neom have a wellness Mm. pod and if I am stressed or if I am feeling like I'm not going to get to sleep it completely calms me down so what it's for it's a product it's a little pod that you just plug in and you add essential oils to it and it just lets out steam I used to think things like that were gimmicky but actually I think it is so calming and relaxing like I really think it's money well spent I think all of Neom's products actually really really work and they just put you in a much better mind frame Mm. so if you do struggle I think it's worth trying the only thing though that stops me sleeping is thinking that I've left stuff on like thinking I've left the cooker on so if Mm. I had one of those little pod things I would be like that's going to set fire in the night oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. it turns there's a time on it but there's a timer yeah so I'm the same as you guys like I actually do sleep really well but sometimes I get in my own head and I'm like you're not going to sleep and then that's when it gets really bad so aside from sometimes taking melatonin which I always pick up in the states 
because even if it's like a placebo, I feel like it that's all I need. But I also have started taking magnesium sometimes, mm. which is a muscle relaxant and can really, really yeah, and actually it's been really <laughs> useful. Just when you, you know, either you're trying to nod off and you can't, or just before you go to bed, you can just pop one and it helps you to chill out yeah. more than it does knock you out. You can also get the flakes that you can put in the bath yes, as well, you can. They're which amazing. are really good, really good after training and stuff as well if you've yeah. got sore muscles. Yeah. It's good yeah. for so many things. I'm yeah. getting it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we talk a bit about the tea very quickly. Becky, any teas on the list that you would really recommend for sleep? Well, I think the lavender tea, but also I think sometimes you can find one that has probably quite a few of these ingredients in, but I think actually the pucker one at the top the clarity tea has got a lot of the ingredients in it's got lavender i'm a big fan of holy basil so i'm keen to try that one the tulsi tea i've taken the supplements before oh have you oh yeah you missed the holy basil fake there was a point which we had to start saying that we were like not being sponsored by holy basil because everyone was taking it (laughs) do you still take it no i'm 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 not very loyal to things like that i'm like oh it's finished never mind (laughs) (laughs) bye This is like a bit of a collection of things that I really enjoyed from Chillouts last week. But I also really enjoyed our best breakfast recipes. We did a roundup last week. So if you're getting bored of your avo on toast, what do you make? Astrid. I'm a big breakfast fan, you know. I can't start my day without breakfast. So if I have it at home, I make two boiled eggs. I've got this amazing boiled egg machine, which is literally from the 70s. It was my grandparents. (laughs) So you put it in, I'll go and do something else. So you can fill water up to, if you want it soft boiled, medium or hard. And then it just makes this like horrendous noise when it's ready. Is it like a sous vide? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it's going to break any day. And the day that thing breaks, I'm going to have like a funeral for it. (laughs) I've had it since I was about 18. And it was my grandparents. So it's literally like from the 70s. But it's back in the day when like they made things not to break, so you yeah, didn't actually sadly. have to buy them again. So yeah, love eggs to start the day. Or if I'm at work, me and Charlotte have basically the same breakfast. We have oat cakes, peanut butter, and banana. Or sometimes I have pear. That's mm. so odd. You put pear on that. Well, we have them in the kitchen. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's good pairing. <laughs> we also have like pears are so underrated. Pears are like one of the best fruits. So, so you actually have oat cakes with peanut butter and then pear. Yeah, I just chop the pear up like sliced I pear. Bet that's nice. It's delicious. No, sorry, I think you've got your consistency. You're I'll, I'll, I'll the textures are not correct. Okay, I'll do it good, I look forward to trying it. Becky, breakfast? Yeah, I'm a big breakfast person. I don't really mix it up much. I am a bit of an avocado and poached eggs person. But um, I did go to, it's not doing breakfast anymore, but a place called Bronte in London. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah, they used know. to do melted cheese and Marmite soldiers. <gasps> Chosen Firehouse do it as well. Oh. The dippy eggs are truffle. Yum. And I would maybe recreate Marmite and cheese on toast with eggs because that is like the out one. of this world. That is my absolute go-to. Lisa, breakfast eater? No, I wish I was. When I'm on holiday, I am every single day. But because my day, I don't work in an office, my day starts sometimes at 6am, sometimes it'll start at 9 It really depends. And I really like my bed. So <laughs> I live opposite the train station. So I'll be like, oh, there's the train, better go. <laughs> I get up like 10 minutes before I have to leave. Whereas I wish that I would get up an hour before, but that would sometimes be 5am, which who's going to yeah, do that? Yeah. But I always eat something at about 10am. So I always have to have a coffee and then I always have something like a banana, like 10am. But yeah, I'm more of a dinner eater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm both, if I'm honest. <laughs> I'm all three. Breakfast, lunch yeah. and dinner. But yeah. I think breakfast is actually the best meal in terms of tasty-wise. Yeah, yeah me too. The funnest. I do, yeah. I think yeah. It's, it's so exciting I love it at the breakfast. weekend when you've got a bit of time and you're oh, like really yeah. good for it. Yeah, Shakshuka yeah. or something like yes. that. Yes. Me too. I'm also really into birch and muesli for the office because it's so easy to make the night before and to bring in. So I make mine with Greek yoghurt as well, with oat milk, Greek yoghurt and the Rude Health Bircher mix. Mm. 
Yeah, it's really nice. Some bananas, some chia seeds, some berries. Do you get more hungry earlier? Because I'm not hungry really that often, but I think it's because I don't eat breakfast. I know that's not yeah. a good thing. I also think it's probably because you don't sit at a desk. I think when you, oh, when yeah. you spend your day at a yeah. desk, you get hungrier quicker yeah. because your mind wanders a bit. I think when you're on your feet and running around, I think I'm, I get less hungry when I have days yeah, like that. I'm yeah. my hungriest when I wake up in the morning. And maybe it's because I sleep so well. Like my body has like rejuvenated. Mm. It's like, oh, time for food now. Um, but I could literally get up and eat a roast dinner. Yeah, no, I'm like, exactly the same style. I'm in ravenous in the morning. I, mean, I yeah. could eat a roast dinner at any time as well. Let's <laughs> be honest. Well, we have everything from granola bar recipes to, oh, this sounds amazing, halloumi bean and egg hot pot. Mm. Yeah. Let's finish by talking a bit about fashion. We did a roundup of hair bows to wear now from velvet styles to pearl embellished pieces. It's all about a bow right now. Lisa, would you put a bow in your hair? Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love a hair accessory. You know, at Christmas, this is so funny, I honestly bought really fancy ribbon and then when people took it off, I like stole it back. So I put it in my own hair. And the, my auntie was like, can I keep that ribbon? I was like, nope. It <laughs> was like £10 for a roll or something. But no, I love a hair accessory. It's like jewellery, isn't it? So would you buy a bow or would you just like stick a ribbon in your hair? Both. Both. Becky? I literally live for hair accessories. It's yeah, a miracle I've not got one in today. Really? Oh no, you've actually seen a, a barrette. A barrette. Yeah. yeah, love a barrette. And I have got a green velvet bow Ooh. from Topshop, six quid. Green which, velvet on blonde is so nice. Which, oh my God, I love it. And that Oliver Bonus bow. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, oh God, I can't get enough. And another place that does really good hair accessories <laughs> Is, is anthropology yes really good oh they've my had those um, God. like Simone Rocha style yeah it would um, actually bankrupt me if I went in there yeah. I just oh addictive yeah I love them Astrid not really a hair accessory kind of girl no I have bought some barrettes but looking back, I don't think they're for me. But, but I like a simple bow, just like a kind of mid ponytail. Mm-hmm. Especially when you've got like a tousled long pony. I thought you were going to say when I have a tasseled dress <laughs> yeah. on. <laughs> 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 it's a new trend, Lisa. So neat. I bought this massive white bow thinking I would wear it for the wedding. I could like really imagine my hair in the place with a white bow. And Ben literally laughed me out of the room. He was like, that's disgusting. You definitely should. Oh, really I think nice. you should. Do you like yeah. dancing? Well, for the evening, yeah. Maybe yeah. for like one of the other wedding events. I'll bring it out. <laughs> but it's just sitting there. Like, and also, when else are you going to wear a big white bow? Yeah. It's a bit I'll like, definitely wear it. I think, I think you should it. definitely think wear, you should wear it. it. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, let's talk about making your blazer more casual. We did a roundup of ways to style plastic tailoring to make it work off duty. Anyone here a blazer fan? Listen, I've got a blazer with me right now that is 1980s original Escada, which this is, is multi-layered. Oh, hello. Tartan with gold buttons. So making it a bit more casual is kind of probably not my vibe. <laughs> you have because you've worn it with double denim. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. I'd say you've, that's exactly what you've done oh, today. Okay, well Fine. done. Who knew? <laughs> there you go. So yes, great. Astrid, you like uh, a blazer? I love a blazer, and I love that kind of French. I haven't really tried very hard white t-shirt underneath yeah, yeah just so for jeans yeah. Becky I love a blazer I just don't wear them often enough but I have got one like a check one I just never whip it out I'm quite small so I sometimes think blazers look a little bit swampy on me oh, I quite like a swampy blazer on a small, oh small I'll get I'll, yeah. I'll bring it in do that <laughs> show yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I'll be like I've arrived <laughs> well I really love a tracksuit bottom for the office that isn't as slovenly as it sounds but often if I've got a really busy day so I need to be like today I'm in trainers and basically tracksuit bottoms but then I really feel like I need to elevate that and a blazer is perfect mm, with yeah. that so as long as they're kind of they're black or they're navy and they're smartish then add a blazer and you're like yeah you're and like, I think the secret to that is everything else polished like your hair your makeup yeah. Yeah. and yeah. then it looks great <laughs> yeah not this <laughs> but yeah okay I think that's all we've got time for today Lisa thank you so much thank for you. joining us if you enjoyed that please do rate review subscribe and tell your friends and we'll see you next time <laughs>